Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Good morning. It's great to see you this morning. Welcome to everybody watching online as well. We're really glad that you're with us. Hey, this is uh, one of the first times all year, uh, all year around where we get people from both services together. And so you might be looking around and thinking, <laughs> thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Thank you. You might be wondering who these people are in your service or something like that. Uh, others, you might be wondering, what am I doing up this early in the morning? Uh, but we are glad that you are here uh, for our Christmas Eve service. Uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 for a few minutes uh, this morning. And I'm just going to read that passage of Scripture to you now, and then we'll jump right into it. It says, Now in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He was there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried off and found Mary and the babe, uh, lying in the manger, and when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning this child, all that had been told them. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for this word that we hear so many times on Christmas. Help us to understand it, and help us to see the true joy that is there. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you ever wanted a present for Christmas before, and you just weren't really sure if you were going to get it? When I was a little kid, one of the presents I wanted one year was a G.I. Joe doll. Anybody remember G.I. Joes? I guess they weren't dolls. They were military figurines or something like that, you know. Uh, but regardless, I wanted a G.I. Joe. And uh, so, you know, I had, to, I had told my mom and dad, I'm, I'm expecting it, I'm wanting it. Well, we lived uh, uh, off Dixie Highway back then. Uh, you can probably tell I grew up off Dixie the mean streets of Dixie Highway uh, right there. And uh, we had gone down to Dixie Manor. Anybody here remember Dixie Manor? 
Oh, yeah, okay. So we've gone down to Dixie Manor to see Santa Claus. And Santa Claus was on a trolley that drove around the parking lot. And so it would fill up with kids, and you'd go around the parking lot, and then Santa Claus would walk around with a microphone, and he would say, what's the one thing among anything else you want for Christmas? And then each child would tell him what they wanted. Well, I was actually a very bashful child. I, was, I really was. I was really bashful. It might be hard to believe. Uh, I was so bashful, my dad used to make me pay the bill at restaurants just so I would have to do it. And that'd be like the most traumatizing thing in my whole life. You know, I still don't like paying bills at restaurants now. So <laughs> if you want to give me a gift card to a restaurant, it would help a lot, you know, just so I didn't have to pay that bill or something like that. And so, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm waiting there and I'm thinking, okay, I know I'm bashful, but what when they come, I'm going to tell them what I want. I'm going to say G.I. Joe. So Santa comes to my seat. Uh, he sticks the microphone out, and I said, I want, and the microphone goes, Aah! and immediately I am terrified. And I look down at the floor, and Santa goes, what do you want? And I, and I won't say anything. I'm just terrified. And so Santa turns around and says, well, okay then, and walks away. And I'm going, that's it. No G.I. Joe. It's not going to be the Christmas I expected because I froze when Santa came with the microphone. And so I was afraid this isn't going to be the Christmas I had hoped for. Well, just to step back and tell you the rest of the story, I did get the G.I. Joe. But regardless, I was terrified at that particular moment. We're going to look into our scripture passage and we're going to see everything that Mary and Joseph probably thought was going to happen didn't happen on that first Christmas. And there's a lot of times that we think of Christmas and we sometimes miss the true meaning and we're often disappointed in what Christmas brings to us. So look down in our scripture in verses 1 through 7. We're told that Rome has uh, put forward a census to count the people in their empire and everybody has to return to their own country, to their own city where they grew up to be registered. And since Joseph was from the line of David, he had to go back to the town of Bethlehem. Now, Joseph at this time lived in Nazareth. Nazareth and Bethlehem are about 90 miles apart. They're not, they're not close at all, and it's a very hilly way to get out of Nazareth there uh, as you go. And to make matters worse, Mary is pregnant, and she's not just pregnant. She's about to give birth at any moment. So they're taking a 90-mile journey with Mary about to give birth at any moment. So not exactly what Joseph would have thought, not the way he wanted it to happen. They knew that Mary's child was the Messiah. They knew Mary's child was going to be the Son of God, and yet this wasn't what they would have thought would have happened. I've got to take a 90-mile journey right before she gives birth. And then when they get to Bethlehem, we're told there's no place for them to stay. Uh, there's no guest room available. They end up, it seems, staying in a stable or something somewhere. And when Jesus is born, the manger that they put him in, a manger is a sheep's feeding trough. It's not a baby's bed. So they're in a place where there's no place to even put the Son of God, and they have to put him in a sheep's feeding trough. You can imagine if you were Mary and Joseph, none of this is working out the way you thought it was going to. None of this is working out the way you'd planned it. While they probably thought there was going to be some great uh, birth that was going to take place and, and uh, great people would show up and all of this, but instead they've taken a long journey, they're exhausted, and now the Son of God is being put in a sheep's feeding trough. Not what we would have imagined. 
And maybe you come today to Christmas in 2023, and Christmas isn't quite what you've imagined. Maybe so many things have interfered and come into your Christmas season that all of your hopes and dreams when you first started thinking about Christmas didn't come to pass. For some of you, it might be you just ran out of money before all the presents were bought. I read an interesting thing the other day uh, about half of Americans leave the Christmas season in significant death. Dead, dead. I mean, not death, dead. Uh, 14% of people will take them a month to pay off their Christmas. 14% one month. Uh, 21% it will take two to three months to pay off their Christmas debt. 9% it will take six months to pay off their Christmas debt. And 7% of people will still be paying off their Christmas debt next Christmas, okay? Uh, You must be one of those people that bought that Lexus uh, that we see all the commercials for or something like that uh, that was there. But for whatever reason, we get into this massive amount of debt and maybe all the money you're spending has kind of destroyed your Christmas. Maybe you've just run out of time. You haven't bought everything you wanted. You're exhausted. You're just ready for the whole season to be over with. Maybe it's relationships. Uh, maybe you're, you're kind of ill at ease because you know, okay, all the family's going to be together at Christmas and we can have our annual Christmas family fight or something like that that you always have. Uh, and, and you just can't wait to sit around and uh, talk politics and culture with your relatives and all that kind of stuff because that always is going to go uh, so very well, as you know. So maybe that's the problem that you're having. For some of you, you're facing physical problems and physical hurts and needs of you and a loved one, and it's not the Christmas you might have thought of. For others of you, you've lost a loved one, and as Christmas comes about, it's very hard to find the joy that is there as you think about the loss of that loved one and all that that means in your life. And then there's much more personal things. For others of us, there's just failures in our life. You've been selfish, you've been mean, you've been a gossip, you've lied, you've cheated, you tried to find love through pornography and other ways, you've messed up over and over again, and you think as you come upon Christmas, God just has to be disappointed in you. You've chosen your own way, you've ignored God, and the world has come crashing down upon you, and it's hard to find joy at Christmas. And so we have all of these personal things that sometimes steal the joy of what Christmas is all about. But then you turn on the news, and if you weren't depressed enough, you're going to get depressed even more, aren't you? So before I came out here today, I just went uh, and I grabbed a news feed, and I wrote down the first four or five main stories, and this is what they were. Israel launches fresh airstrikes and new offensive. Man killed in shooting in Florida Mall. Drone fired from Iran hits an oil tanker. 300 Indians held in French airport in human trafficking bust. Uh, Putin says no peace in Ukraine for any reason until Russia reaches all of its goals. And you see all of this stuff, and it's a crazy world with little hope. And we wonder, is this the Christmas I was going to think about when the season started? And then we get down to verse 8. In verse 8, we're told there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So you have these shepherds. Now, shepherds were not considered the highest people on the totem pole in that day and age. Shepherds, these are people working the midnight shift. They're watching sheep. Because of the kind of work they do, they have to be purified before they can even go into the temple to worship. And they don't get paid a lot of money. 
for what they're doing. So these were not the most highly thought of people in the world, yet it's to the shepherds that the angel is going to tell the birth of Jesus. Now, isn't that strange? If you were planning this story, where would you have Jesus born? In a palace and the best hospital and something like that. And yet what we have here is we have Jesus born in a manger and the story of the birth of Jesus being told to the shepherds. Now, why would the birth of Jesus first be told to lowly shepherds? Because the point of the whole story is that Jesus is coming for all people. The rich, the poor, the insignificant, the people we don't think are worth anything. He's coming for all of them, telling them that in a world that seems to have no hope, there is hope. In a world that seems to have no peace, I'm coming to give you peace. And look at verse 9. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, what do they say? Anybody know? Do not be afraid. Again, how many times do we have to go over this? Every time an angel appears, what do people say? The angel always says, do not be afraid. Because people are terrified when angels show up, okay? So if you're not terrified, it's probably not an angel. So it's probably not the, it's probably not the, the chubby cherub flying around. A little bit more imposing to that. So there's a bright light. This angel appears. They're terrified. They're told not to be afraid. But then look at what the angel tells them. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. So if your Christmas season isn't what you thought it was going to be, if there's a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of things going on that you didn't imagine, you need to know Christmas is about God coming to give you hope when hope seems to be gone. It's good news. In a world where there's no good news, the birth of Jesus is the good news you need. It is great joy. In a time when you look at the newspaper and joy just is sapped out of you, it's great joy because God is bringing that child. And then it's good news of great joy for all people. That's everybody. Don't, I don't care who you are, where you've come from, what you've done. It's good news of great joy for you. And then listen to verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I find it really interesting how the angel personalizes it here. This Messiah, this Lord, this good news that is coming is coming for you. Now, we often try in this room to bring everybody together, you know, Andrew with the connection card. I want you to be selfish and just think about yourself for a second. You're the reason Jesus came. He came because of you. He came because he loved you. He came because of the darkness and the hurt and the pain in your life. He came to give you good news of great joy. And the angel says it directly. He came for you. So where's your fear? Where's your anxiety? Where's your loss of hope? Then you need to know Jesus has come for those things. So in the next few moments, just think a second. Name your problem right now that you're having in your life. Name your fear. Think about the hurt that is there right now. Think about your sin and your shortcomings. And then realize that's what Christmas is about. It's not about the lights and the decorations and the pretty flowers and the presents. It's about in a world with no hope, Jesus came to give us that hope. He came to be the Savior that we needed. Interesting thing happened last Sunday. Uh, anybody know who Hulk Hogan is? 
Hulk Hogan, the great wrestler, of course. Well, Hulk Hogan is 70 years old now, and uh, he's had quite a life. And it always hasn't been what you would think of as a good life, okay? He's been pretty wild at times. He's done about everything you could do. He said at one point he was probably a, a serious alcoholic in his life. He had all kinds of issues with his family and his marriage and everything else. And then as he got older, his body began to fall apart. He's had 26 surgeries over the last several years uh, just because of his body breaking down around him. And then a few weeks ago, Hulk Hogan accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And his entire family, as you see here, was baptized with him uh, in that baptistry pool. And I want to read you what Hulk Hogan said. It's just one sentence when they asked him about his baptism and what it meant. And he began to talk about how his life had been crazy and out of control, and he'd lived and done everything wrong that you could do in life. And then he said, but now I stand here, and this is what I realize. There are no more worries. There's no more hate in my heart. There's no more judgment for the way that I've lived. There's only love. That's what Christmas is about. It is about God coming and saying all of those worries, all of those fears, all of that judgment, all of that hate in your heart can melt away because Jesus came to give you the love that you need. He came to save you. And that's what Christmas is all about. Over the next day and a half, you're going to get presents. You're going to have a lot of good food. And you're going to have a lot of parties. And all of that's great. Enjoy every second of it. But it's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about a world of no hope and Jesus coming to give us hope. The words of that great prophet Hulk Hogan again, no more worries, no more hate in my heart, no more judgment for the way that I've lived. There's only love. Merry Christmas. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that you gave us your son on that Christmas morning. He came to be good news for us in our hurt and in our pains and in our failures. Father, help us to celebrate with meaning what Christmas is all about. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.